This podcast episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel that generates leads from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any tech skills or without downloading an app. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Nate. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage. It's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it Consider it If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey, Bailey Hey, what's up, everybody? Championship Leadership Podcast. And today we got Pradeep Sangha. He is uh, the strategist for Men in Business. And he's, he's with us today just outside of Toronto, Canada. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for taking time. I really appreciate it. Hey, Nate, thanks for having me. I truly appreciate being on your show here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so I'm excited about this. We, we, you know, we're, we're in a similar space as far as coaching and, and empowering and, and helping and consulting and lifting up uh, entrepreneurs. And I know you specifically work with men. Uh, before we get into that too deep, I always like to ask this question first. What what comes to mind for you when you hear championship leadership? That's the name of the podcast. And I get a different answer every time. So I just love hearing <laughs> the answers from everybody. I'm like, how many times can you define championship leadership? But I'm finding there's probably unlimited ways to do it. So I love the different perspectives. What, what does it mean to you? Or what do you hear uh, when you hear championship leadership? Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Actually, one thing just pops up in, into mind immediately, which is winning. Yeah. You know, if you're yeah. going to do something, you might as well win. Right. And that's that whole, that, especially in business too, you know, I just don't play the game to play the game. You got to play to win. Mm-hmm. So that's what, that's what pops up. Oh, that's great. I love it. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're here to do, right. To, to win and to be successful, to live the life that we want. Um, that really is, you know, from a, from a very young age, I think none of us grew up like, imagining that we're not going to do that right yeah <laughs> unfortunately it doesn't always happen that way and that's probably how you know you got into doing what you're doing to help people to help men specifically win so yeah tell us yeah. a little bit about your background and and how that all came to play or how 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 you found yourself on this path that you're on today yeah wow so um well i'll kind of start from the beginning then i won't take yeah. too much time but I, I grew up in a small town called Kelowna, british columbia that's on the west coast of canada and i grew up yeah. on an orchard so my parents were immigrants, they immigrated in the early 70s, and literally they, they didn't know what, uh, they didn't have a skill, you can say, or education. 
So all they knew how to do was hard work. So I literally grew up on an orchard. So my brother and I, when my parents were busy, they couldn't find someone to uh, babysit us. They would put us in an apple bin while they'd be, be picking <laughs> apples. So that's kind of what I remember growing up. And then my parents yeah. said, hey, Pradeep, you know, we don't want you to suffer like we did. Uh, we want you to get an education. And so, you know, the, the typical, you can say, chosen path for immigrant families at that time was you'd be a doctor, you're a lawyer, um, or an engineer. But I didn't really right. want to be any of those. I went to school uh, originally to, to do biochemistry and then eventually become a doctor. But I just wasn't, I, it, wasn't part, it wasn't something I wanted to do. And um, it just so happened that at 15, I was, I was asked to manage people. So I was managing people at an early age. And I was just fascinated by business. And I was fascinated by, you know, you, why, you know, two businesses in the exact same industry, why does one succeed and the other one fail? Yeah. And so I just kind of started to keep an eye out and really start studying businesses, but more particularly business owners, their habits. And so then you could say I went through um, the academic path. I, I landed in the corporate world and I was in the corporate world for about 14 years. And uh, I was an executive and I, you could say I was living the life. I was uh, traveling the world. I had the status. I was one of the youngest executives for, uh, you know, the multi-billion dollar organization across the country. So I was living a life, but inside I was, uh, I was miserable, man. I was absolutely yeah. miserable. You can see on paper, it looked like it was, it was a great lifestyle, but I, I really felt like um, you can say, I just wasn't living the life that I wanted to live. And I literally just walked into work one day after having a conversation with my wife um, and I was talking to her and she's like, are you serious? Like, you know, what you're going to do is a massive change because my goal was always to be a CEO of a major corporation. Okay. That was my goal. That was my, you know, I was working mm -hmm. hard at it as well on the way on the path, but something inside of me just said pretty, you know, this, this isn't the life I wanted to live. So I literally just walked into work one day and I quit and that was it. That's kind of what led uh, to me where I am right now, because a couple of things happened. First I said, oh crap what do I do now? I literally yeah. just, I felt like I threw everything away, right? Yeah. The, the old saying, burn all bridges. That's pretty much yeah. what it felt like. But then there was a sense of relief as well. Cause I, it felt like now I can actually take my own life, my own destiny in my own hands. Um, and it just, one of the things that I have a passion uh, for, and it seems like you do as well is helping other people. And I realized as an executive, I was actually helping entrepreneurs on the side just grow their businesses because I found it very interesting. I'm like, you have a business, yet you really don't know how to run the business or grow the business. Um, and so I just found out very early on that business owners needed help. Entrepreneurs needed help in terms of scaling, growing their business. And on top of that, really balancing life with business. And so that, that's kind of what got me into it. And especially for men, um, because I have a soft spot because my dad was an entrepreneur that he eventually built his own agricultural business. Um, he had things on, you could say he, he had the money, he traveled, did all that kind of stuff, but he wasn't fulfilled inside. You could see something just, he wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. And, and he suffered from alcoholism as well. So I saw that dark side of him um, growing up as a, as a, a young man as well. And then my father passed recently, not too long ago from a heart attack suddenly and his goal was to hit 65 years old. And he was only 64 and a half. Mm. And that was the time when he was going to tell himself, hey, look, I did it, right? I came to this yeah. country. I raised a successful family. I did the business part. Now I can actually say I did it. He never got that opportunity. Wow. So for me, this is a personal mission of mine as well, because I see so many men struggling in business 
and I see the impact that it has on their families and I see the impact that it has on them and, and the way they are able to raise their children or not even be present sometimes because they're so busy working, right? Yeah. Because as a man, you know, one of the things that we, we do is we strive to provide for our family. That's our main goal. If you talk to most guys, they're like, everything I'm doing is for my family. Um, yet they're taking very little time for themselves. And it's just becoming a very unhealthy pattern. And so that's where I'm, my passion is, is really to help men live that fulfilling life so they can be better husbands and raise happier and healthier children. Yeah, so what are, what are some of the ways that you are doing that? Well, you know, first of all, it's, uh, you know, that's a really big loaded question. Where do I start? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really help. Yeah. It's really helping them because what I see most, most often is men that even men that are successful making a lot of money, they're not happy with themselves. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I really get them to do is really feel and understand whether they are the man that they want to be. And so one of the exercises that I get them to do is really, it'll be simple as sitting in a dark room, lights off and just shutting everything off for, you know, some time because as, as go-getters, right, it's tough to do that. Yeah, we don't do that very often, do we? Yeah, but putting the, you could say the external influences aside, the, the business, you know, your wife, kids, whatever that is, and really looking inside and saying, am I happy with the man that I am? And if you are, then that's great. You know, how do we get you even more hap like happier? But I can tell you nine out of 10 guys are not. Um, and so when they ask themselves that question, they are not fulfilled in their life. So then we peel back the onion, a little bit layers off the onion and really take a look and say, what is it going to take to have or create a more fulfilling life for you? Here's what I see most often. And here's what a lot of people are end up doing. They build their life backwards is everything that we do on a daily basis. And this is this psychology and the neuroscience behind it is based on two particular things. Actually, it kind of rolls up into one, which is your feelings and your emotions. But we don't, we don't live our life that way. Most of us are just continuing to do the same old thing where you have these targets and we have these goals, especially as successful entrepreneurs, we want to hit an income goal or a growth goal or whatever that is. But then we never look at, okay, what are the emotions behind that goal? Because once we hit it, you should be feeling something, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you work your, your, you know, whether it's a year or two years, five years, 10 years, and you've hit that milestone, but you still don't feel those emotions. Well, boy, that's a tough thing to really, you know, suck up. Yeah. So helping guys really, you can say leverage their emotions and live a more fulfilling life. So you don't have to wait till you make $10 million to feel happy, to feel good about yourself, to feel like you've made it. Right. And so that's kind of the approach that I take. And it's funny, guys will come to me and say, pretty, this is typically what happens. I want to grow my business by X amount. The first question I ask him is, well, when you hit that goal, how do you want to feel? And you can see the look in their face. They're like, what do you mean? What is feelings? What emotions? What do they have to do with it? Well, everything. Because if I'm going to work with you for the next six, 12 months to get to that goal, and you still don't feel how you want to feel when you get there, well, then all of that work is not only wasted for you, it's wasted for me. I want to know how you want to feel because that's what I'm interested in. I want you to have that life that you want to have, not just hit a milestone, not just hit a business goal or, or cash flow target. It's to have a more fulfilling life. And so do you, are you typically working with, uh, with these men on a one-to-one -one, um, setting? Like, or do you, do you have a, a program that they come through? Do you yeah. do some group coaching? Yeah, what's that look like? Uh, all of the above, you can say that I have a mastermind, I have one-on-one -on -one coaching, and then I have group coaching. I've really focused on the group coaching because that will allow 
that it just it helps me reach more people, more mm-hmm. people. It's a, it's more affordable as well. Um, I really like that because then people can feed off each other as well. But, and, and sometimes, uh, not sometimes, but, uh, I do have uh, consistently one-on-one clients that I work with. It's just a little bit of a different level. It's just more, more in depth, you can say. And it's yeah. very interesting because they're different scenarios all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What, um, who are some of the, some of the people, the leaders, mentors, coaches that you've had in your life that, that have deeply influenced you either directly or indirectly to help you do what you do, which is impact others in that same way? Yeah, I love that question. That is so awesome because I'm a firm believer in mentorship because I think that's something that we're really lacking in today's day and age or could yeah. use more of. More yeah, importantly, right. I, should, I should use it from that perspective. But I've been lucky because I was mentored uh, by two, uh, you can say, great men in my life uh, from an early on. One was my grandfather, who was in the British Indian Army, and he served for 30 plus years. And um, when he came to Canada, I just learned a ton because he taught me how to be a man. He taught mm-hmm. me, you know, your word is your bond. You know, there's nothing more important than your values and protect those and live by those every single day. And then also my dad, who taught me how to be not only a strong man, like my dad was an ex-police officer. He was, you know, 6'1", he's 240 pounds, like a big guy. Um, so when he walked into a room, it was like total presence, right? And so yeah. he taught me presence, the presence that comes along with being a man. But he also taught me the other side because he also taught me, you know, no one's perfect. And he showed me firsthand and he knew that he suffered from alcoholism. He knew his downfalls. But he also was such a loving person. It was almost like the two polar opposites of being a man, such a loving man and such a strong man. And I learned both sides. So I'm so thankful for that, Um, as well as the downsides that come along with being a man sometimes as well. And then I I had um, another gentleman. He actually became a really good friend of mine. His name is James. And he was a a really big influence in my life because he taught me a lot about human emotions. So that was his area of expertise and his forte of expertise, because I was, uh, you could say I was very much a go-getter, very much a strategy and tactical person before I met him. And so he showed me, you know, the power of emotions, the impact of emotions, the psychology of emotions. And for me, that just changed my world because now I'm able to use that same insight to really influence men. So those are, and I've had other um, mentors away, uh, along the way, but those are the three most influential men that you can say have influenced me. Um, I've also, on the other side, my mother. Yeah. You know, she's been yeah. a big factor in my life because she was a woman that kind of handled everything. And just to see that strength in her, um, especially after she's lost my father and she mm-hmm. didn't go through a tough, you know, she went through a tough time because she found him. Um, it was really in- interesting yeah. circumstances, but he was meant to go. But, um, you know, she's been really tough getting through that. So I, I definitely commend her for that. Yeah. Yeah. We, you've touched on this a few times. So I want to talk about it is uh, the emotions, right? And especially when you, when many or most think of men, we don't, we don't, emotion isn't probably the, the, the number one word that pops up. But I do believe that it's really an important piece, especially when you're helping someone with clarity and, and trying to help them create the life that they want. Um, so talk to me about that because, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not something that comes to the forefront of, I think there's probably a, a stigma, or maybe it's not even a stigma. There's a natural sense for men to avoid um, emotion, or maybe yeah. it's a sign of weakness uh, as well in some in some 
circles. So yeah, talk, talk a little bit more about that. Cause that, that's, you know, as a leader, that's, I think sometimes, you know, as, as leaders, championship leaders, we're willing to go to places and have conversations that others aren't. And I think that's probably one of those areas. Yeah. Wow. You just opened Pandora's box because this is one of my favorite topics. Well, first yeah. of all, um, I, you know, I can tell you, so my background's also in neuroscience and neuropsychology. So okay. one of the, uh, and, I, and I, I, the way I explain it is in science terms. So people can understand it and they can't refute it, right? You can't really yeah. refute science. Um, but he, you know, here's the thing, when it comes to emotions, we have to understand as people, whether we're men or women, it's the same thing, is that our emotions fuel us. And we have to leverage our emotions because 95% mm-hmm. of our decision-making is actually based on emotions. We just don't know it. We just don't realize it, right? Because our ego won't allow us to say, hey, look, it's our emotions making the decisions. It's our logic. But that's actually not shown. That's actually research shows the complete opposite. So when I was at um, you know, some of the um, academic institutions, for example, they were doing tons of research in the area of emotions. And here's the most interesting part. When they did the studies in terms of execution, whether it's in sports or business or success in life and, or finances, here's what came up. The more emotions that you put into your decisions, the more likely you are to become successful in those decisions. That is such a profound piece yeah. if you actually understand that because not only are you more passionate, you're more persistent. You actually are more creative to come up with solutions to overcome those challenges. So emotions are a core part of us. We have to utilize them. We, most people just let their emotions run them though. That's the challenge. Now, you also brought up men. Here's the interesting yeah. thing about men. If you take a look at the female brain and the male brain, they are fu- they're fundamentally similar, but there's key differences too. Okay. Is men are just as emotional as women. That's very interesting to, mm-hmm. to, to really understand. But here's yeah. the difference. We have two, there's two parts of our brains. There's a part that, us, that helps us get emotional. And then there's a part of us that helps us really switch that emotion into the logical part of our brain. The interesting thing is for men, the way our brain works is we automatically switch from emotions to problem solving. That's how we're designed. Okay. Yeah. So it's not that we're not. Yeah, emotional. I'm always trying to fix my wife's problems, right? Yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't necessarily want me to do that. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. we are designed to do that. That's how yeah. the male brain is designed is actually mm-hmm. go from emotions, shut them off so we can fix the problem. So the yeah. question isn't why are guys, uh, you know, don't feel emotion. The question is why can't women shut them off as easily as men, for example, uh-huh. it's because women's brains are designed differently. Their brains are designed to empathize, yeah. my, my, my language is kind of off today, yeah. with people and feel those emotions stronger because that's how women are built. They're nurturers, they're community builders. Mm-hmm. Men are problem solvers. So we have to understand that. And men, and I say this very openly, they love to get intimate just as much as women. They love to snuggle just as much as women. But it's, it's interesting because our social norms tell us that we're not supposed to. So we have two influences on, on becoming on men. So there's a massive biological and genetic influence in terms of how we develop, right, as men. And it's also our social environment, our, our social setting that tells us, hey, look, men, you're supposed to be strong, you're supposed to be tough, which we are. That's how we're actually designed to be. But I think society to a certain point has really pushed it um, to say that, hey, look, showing emotions is a sign of weakness. It's actually not, right? It's actually very mm-hmm. powerful. It connects you with the people around you as well when you can show that vulnerability. But as a man, you have the ability to actually switch back and get back into that state of being a masculine man, which is very important. 
And so there's a lot of confusion right now, especially in today's day, uh, day, Nate. And that's why I work specifically with men, because there's a lot of confusion when it comes to gender, when it comes to roles, when it comes to what does it mean to be a man? What's too masculine, right? This whole concept of toxic masculinity, which is is complete BS, right? There's no such thing. So men are having a tough time. I can tell you when I coach men, when I, as a, whether it's an executive team or a business owner, or an entrepreneur, they, they're confused. A lot of them. Cause they're just like, am I being too manly? Am I not being manly enough? And here's what's happened. We have such gender neutrality these days that relationships are suffering now because men don't know how to be men. And women are saying, I want my man to be more manly. Yeah. And so I get more. Yeah, it's confusing. Yeah, it's interesting right now because I get just as many, we just hit this about a month ago, referrals from women that we do from men. Okay, yeah. Where women will come to me and say, uh, you know, Pradeep, I need you to work with my husband, my boyfriend, yeah. or this person in my life because they need help. This man needs help. And so, yeah, it's so really how does that work when uh, the wife is coming and saying, you need to work with my husband, but my husband's like... No, I don't. <laughs> no, you know what? And, and sometimes it goes in both uh, situations. So yeah. if I can get in there and have an open conversation yeah. with the gentleman, then I can actually get through to them because we have yeah. an open conversation right. guy to guy, right? And I can tell them some of the struggles that I faced throughout life. So they're more open to that standpoint. If I can't get to them, I can tell you it's tough because no guy wants to submit to his ego, yeah. right? And so I, I've even had men, um, women force their men to me, to, to even force saying, hey, look, I can no longer be with you. Mm unless you go to this, unless mm-hmm. you go to this workshop or yeah. unless you get coaching. It's an unfortunate situation, but I think that's the times where we are. This is a time that we're, we're uh, really struggling from uh, a male perspective because we have some really, I can say, poor leadership from men in key roles these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we had the added pressure um, from a society saying it's, Hey, you know, it's bad to be too masculine. So it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's really tough. Yeah. Yeah. What's, um, you know, I, I have a, a fair amount of like special operations type military veterans. Just, just had an interview this morning, um, with the green beret and, you know, he was very, I, I guess we'll call it like stoic and, uh, not, not showing a lot of emotion. It was a great interview. Yeah. It was one thing that, that was standing out to me as I'm having the conversation and then I come to have the conversation here today with you and we're talking about emotion, right? So what, you know, I, I guess I look to that because my thought is, is on the battlefield, maybe they don't have a lot of time for emotion and it's, yeah, but I would just love to hear what, what your thoughts are on, on that perspective and, and that thought or what's behind that, what drives that, uh, especially for maybe some of these elite uh, military, um, soldiers that are in battle and and the fact that you know i if there's one thing that rings true when i am around um that group of people is that they their mannerisms are all pretty similar (laughs) there's not a lot of smiling it's it's kind of um you know straight straight laced straight shoot and uh yeah so i'm interested to hear your perspective on that and thoughts around that and and emotion and yeah a group well, it's really interesting because, the, you know, as I mentioned before, my grandfather was in the military. My dad yeah. was a cop for seven years as well. So I understand the dynamics behind that. So it, here's the interesting thing, too. Our brains are designed for men 
to not show that much motion on our face mm -hmm. because it's a poker face because when we're it's naturally through evolution if you take a look at it that's what showed aggression right so if we would come up with another man and that's how we read basically okay is this person a threat or is this person not a threat yeah so we're biologically designed to not show the emotion on our face which is okay. really interesting yeah um when it comes to when it comes to special forces or army military, um, yeah, that's how they're trained. That's how they have to train because you have to shut off your emotions and go right into that problem solving area. And I commend mm -hmm. them because mm -hmm. I, you know, I can see how that, it, it, here, here's the thing. When you're in that state, when you're in that environment, that's how you get trained. That's how you have to beat in order to survive and make sure that everybody around you, you're basically your comrades are surviving yeah. as well. Right. Right. So they have to, and, and these guys, I can tell you just you know, some of the training that they go through. I have, personally have not done it myself. I can't say, but the studies behind it, it's phenomenal what they're able to do. Right. They're training yeah. their brains beyond imagination. So I commend yeah. them from that standpoint. The key is to really, but here's the challenge that I see though sometimes yeah. is when they come back into their personal lives mm -hmm. and when they're trying to connect with other people because connection doesn't happen from the logical side. Connection happens from the emotional side. Yeah. And we see that sometimes too on the tragic, from the, not only just the good things that come, but the tragedies that come out of being in special forces or the military as well, where, you know, they're, they're, they have to shut off their emotions, but when they come home, their emotions are still off. And we see yeah. them not able to assimilate, you know, with their families again or whatever that looks like. And they want to, right? They want yeah. to. They are yeah. human beings just like everybody else, but it's they program their brain to be a certain way. Here's, the, mm -hmm. here's what happens with their brain, though. This is not with them, or not specifically with them, but just in general. Yep. The more we do something, we're actually hardwiring that into our brain. Mm-hmm. And so that's what ends up happening. And we can actually change. I had, had a conversation just before we were jumping on this, uh, this podcast is a gentleman. I was, so I was speaking to an entrepreneur and he says, I don't believe that the brain can change. And I, and I said, you know what? Uh, I can, he, and his whole thing was, I don't believe that people could change. And I said, you know what? I can show you hundreds and thousands of studies that will show you actually the brain cells in people's brains that change and how they fire. Yeah. Based on not only how they think, but their habits, their behavior, even meditation, for example, 12, med 12 minutes a day will actually change how your brain cells fire. Mm. And he's like, wow, are you serious? I'm like, yes. So people can change. But it's tough when you have built a habit of doing the same thing for 30 years or 40 years or t even 10 years, especially if you're talking about military, yeah. right? You're doing that day in and day out. Yeah. You've ingrained those, you know, those habits into your brain. Um, so I commend them when they come home, I think it's just assimilating back and actually breaking some of those habits and rebuilding the new habits in terms of being, um, a little bit more, you know, letting the emotional side click in, but it's tough. I feel for them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I can totally, uh, yeah, that makes it, it all makes a lot of sense. So what's, uh, what's the big vision for you and what you are doing and in, in the path that you're on, you know, working with, uh, male entrepreneurs, coaching, consulting, um, what, what is, what is your vision as a, you know, championship leaders that they have incredible vision, often the vision that, that, uh, most aren't able to see and definitely not willing to, to take. So, so what yeah. does that look like for you? So let me, let me take, uh, from two approaches. I'm going to talk about what I see right now and, and what's happening with society right now. And so 
I see, what's happening with society is that we have a tough time for men, right? And we like I'll show you uh, share some information here is that if over fifty percent of children in the U.S. are being raised without full time fathers. Hmm. Um, suicide rates for men over the age of forty five are skyrocketing. Anxiety rates, depression rates for men are actually going up. So what is this doing for men? Not not good things. And what is this doing for society? Not good things because I very openly say men are, you know, we need strong leadership from men because men are, you know, and from my perspective, what I've seen in social hierarchy and social settings, you know, the leaders in their families, right? They're the, the front runners in their families. And, and I, I think people have to take this very openly. I'm not saying that women don't have that role uh, that or women are not as equal, but that's how we're biologically designed as men and women, right? Men yep. are the explorers or they're the front runners. When we don't have that in family units, when we don't have that stability, the children suffer. So right now we have a generation that's growing up without strong leadership, without the mentorship that they need, as you mentioned. Um, and on top of that, we add in this sucker right here, which is a smartphone, yeah. which is taking people away. The biggest addiction these days is not cocaine, it's not alcohol, it's people's smartphones. Mm -hmm. And I'll share a prime example with you is they did a study in Disney and they said, what is the biggest thing that's having, you can say an off impact on our experience? Guess what it was? Oh. It was the parents' smartphones. Yeah. And so we, we go, you know, you go into any restaurant, for example, you'll see couples, you know, having dinner, but they're on their smartphones. You can yeah. see a group of 10 people together, but they're sitting around on their smartphones, not uh, conversing. This is having a dramatic impact on society and the way yeah. we, we, we are running our families as well. So here's my vision on the positive side. I see this yeah. happening. The studies are coming out. They're showing the dramatic impacts is to really combat that and really help families grow and actually raise healthier children. So my ultimate goal is to help as many men as I can win in life, right? That's the whole concept, hashtag men who win, win in their business, right? So they have successful businesses, win in the relationship. So they're in a loving, passionate relationship with their spouse and win as a father. So they have the time and the flexibility to spend time with their kids. So they're not sitting at work in late evenings or nights trying to provide for them. And what is my ultimate vision is to raise happier and healthier children. That's, that's ultimately my vision. I don't want to see men suffer. I don't want to see women suffer. I want to see families thrive. So that's, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. I love it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, incredible. Uh, I love where this conversation was going and I had no idea that we were going to get down this path. So, I, but it's a, <laughs> it's a really important conversation to have. And uh, yeah, there are some alarming things going on. And so I'm just glad that we were able to do this. Uh, what are one or two things that you could leave uh, with the audience? Again, I know we talked about this before the show, but male and female married uh, business owners, entrepreneurs looking to do a little bit better in their life. And that's the reason they listen to podcasts too, right? Is to grow and, and get a little bit better. So what would be one or two things that you could leave with uh, them so that they could actually implement this right away and, and move their lives forward? Yeah, the first thing is a simple one. It's called uh, what I call a, an emotional check, right? So how we build our life is based on, it's backwards, as I mentioned before. You have to take a look at, because everything that we do is based on emotions. Outline the th top three to five emotions that you want to feel consistently throughout your life whether that's joy, that's peace or love or passion, whatever that is. And then you have to work backwards and say, what kind of lifestyle will support those emotions? And therefore, what kind of business will support that lifestyle? Because mm -hmm. here's, here's a prime example. I had someone come to me and say, Pradeep, I'm going to grow my business from 10 million to 100 million. And I said, great, what kind of emotions? Well, did, 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 and I want to feel a lot of inner peace. And I looked at the gentleman, I said, guess what? 
you're not going to be feeling a lot of inner peace as you're growing your business to hundred million dollars. I can tell you that right now, because you're going to be having a lot of sleepless nights and it could last for a long time. And he said, Oh yeah, I guess that's, that's true. So focus on emotions, work backwards, outline them, and then do something very important. It's called what, what I call emotional checks. Every hour there's, you can get apps on your phone to do this every hour. Just check in on how you were feeling. So if one of your top emotions is, let's say, joy or peace or love or whatever that is, or your top, if you're not feeling any one of those uh, top five emotions in that hour, then you have to reconsider is what you're doing consistent with what you want is maybe you should just change your behavior a little bit. You can actually change your emotions or maybe it's just, just not a scenario where you can actually feel those emotions at that time. And you say, okay, once I'm done this, I'll actually move forward. And I should do something that actually uh, enhances those emotions. Emotions are key. That's yeah. how you, yeah. the better your emotions, the better quality of your life. Yeah. The yeah. other second piece, sorry, if we have time, I yeah. don't know. Yes. Is, you know, we talk about time being your most important asset. It's actually not, it's actually energy. And why is that? It's because even if you have a spare hour, if you don't have the energy to utilize it effectively, it's gone to waste. So, mm-hmm. Energy is your most important asset. The asset. The reason why people can't change or can't shift their life or can't create the momentum is because they don't have those energy levels to really overcome those obstacles. And here's what's happened. This is the society that we live in today. We're in a go, 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 go society. Most people are trying to get through this present moment right now to get to the next moment. Mm -hmm. And they live hour by hour, day by day, and they live basically year by year like this. Yeah. It's actually self-defeating. And here's the most important thing. You actually reduce your energy. Here's why. is because if you take a look at your brain, your brain actually consumes 20% of your daily calories. It's an energy pig. Yeah. It's actually a massive yeah. energy pig. And if your thoughts, for example, I'm going to say just easily a low number on a low ball, 50% of them, your consistent thoughts are in the past about things that you didn't do or you forgot to do or the things you screwed up on or those bad memories or things about the future that you have to get done or you're trying to scrambling to do, right? I got to get there. I got to get there. I'm late. Whatever that is. Well, guess what? You've just taken 50% of your mental capacity and just threw it out the garbage. Mm. And so here's how you actually conserve more energy and utilize more energy more effectively you have to be more present in the present moment because that's the only time you actually have impact because here's the interesting thing. If you take a look at quantum physics has proven this, there is no such thing as a future. There's no such thing as a past. It's just a continuous moment of now. The only place they exist is in our head. So if people understood that to truly understand that the biggest impact I can make is right now with what's in front of me, and I have the most power to change my future based on what I'm doing today in the second, then they're actually more cognizant to say, okay, maybe I should put my smartphone away. Maybe I should stop multitasking as much and focus on what's in front of me, spend more time with their spouse, making eye contact, actually listening. That's where we have the most impact in our life, in our business. I love it. I love both of those. What are the top three to five emotions? And, uh, and then, you know, energy being your, your number one asset, not time, because yeah, I mean, you hear it all the time. People talk about time being that number one, and it makes so much sense to, to stay present. So thank you for yeah. sharing both of those. That's, that's really incredible. Um, yeah, my pleasure. What are just a few ways that, uh, we can learn more about you, what you're doing, how you're helping men, um, 
your podcast, whatever it is that you might have. So we can also link those up in the show notes as well. Sure. So simply you can go to my website, which is pradeepsanga.com or also my podcast, which is the male entrepreneur podcast um, at mailpodcast.com. Or if you can find me on social media, I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook at uh, Pradeep Sanga. So, and and I love talking to people. I love when people reach out. So I will personally respond myself. If you say, you know, hello, this is who I am. This is what I do. Yeah, absolutely. And I can attest to that. So that's how we got here. So yeah. Um, thank you so much, Pradeep, for taking time. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And I truly appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation. Thank you, Nate. Yeah. Five and no six. I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage it's never been better than this and we got three kids that's who i do it for i'm gonna be a leader i'm gonna lead the way cause i'm a firm believer we can do anything we want if i said it then i meant it i probably already did it consider it done if you need some inspiration you should play this championship leadership podcast